0: Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here, and great to have you along in the middle of the wintry season, the depths of the wetness and the coldness, that's for sure. Uh, good news for me, though, last couple of weeks I've been trying out the Magna Exile gloves, and man, apart from uh, the protection that they offer, they are very, very waterproof. It's always good when you see uh, something advertised as waterproof you try it out and it actually is brilliant stoked um this episode is a conversation another one of our interviews this one is both uh, a chap by the name of michael who's got an iron butt without further ado and i'm not going to ruin it for you no spoilers here let's dive into it Well, coming into interviews like this, I generally know who I'm talking to, what I'm talking to them about, and uh, I can ask the right questions to get the right answers. But let's catch up with a Kiwi writer by the name of Michael Shields. G'day, Michael. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, mate. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, and, and generally I well I'm going into this interview blind because I think it's a little bit more exciting uh, but I have heard that you've got a bit of a story and uh, you're willing to share it with us on the podcast uh, yeah I'm full of stories mate so <laughs> where, where, where do you whereabouts in the country are you Michael? I'm based in Wellington good and what do you ride? I have got a ex-police bike it's a 2000 model Honda ST1100. Oh, very nice. So a big old touring bike. Is it the only police, ex-police bike you've got? It's only my second bike in 20 years. I'm, I'm not a prolific collector. All right. Well, you've got a story that I believe has, uh, has featured in Ulysses magazine and you've, um you, you've given, uh, you've, you've, read out to a few different people around the Traps. I wonder if you might share it with us on the podcast. I'd love to.
1: Uh, So my story's called My Butt Hurt, an almost true tale of two friends. So in 2019, the North Island 1600 CT, which is a long-distance rider's ride, a good friend of mine, Richard Jamison, convinced me it would be a great idea to sign up for it in 2019. It's never a good idea, and that's where this story really should have ended. I was pretty keen to try the 800, you know, 800 k's in 12 hours sounded doable, but 1,600 kilometres in 24 hours of non-stop riding, pal. Yeah. Anyway, preparation for getting a 20-year-old ex-police bike ready to boogie for 24 hours non-stop. First up, I fitted some cheap $15 LED lights from Wish, which worked surprisingly well, However, for an all-night ride, I knew we'd really need to step the game up. So I splurged on a set of $60 LED lights from Wish. And uh, thanks to Richard, some LED lamps to fit into the main headlight assembly, which should have been an easy job. But previously, I'd modified them to accept H4 headlamps instead of Honda's annoying and useless H4 uh, orphan lamp holders. And this is where things went downhill. My bike's an ex-cop bike, and it's been dropped more times than a naughty girl's is. At least that's what I now suspect. All these bikes suspect. Okay, the jokes are a bit lame. Anyway, um, as I could not get the headlight to focus correctly, I had to pull the whole front end apart and start playing with the reflector mounting within the headlamp assembly and very quickly realised somebody had been in here before me and they weren't kind. Many hours of politely talking to myself using words not found in the Bible I worked out all the issues and had the reflector working as her factory specs, fully adjustable by the dash-mounted adjuster, too. For the first time since getting the bike three years earlier, I had a working headlight that actually lit up the road ahead. LEDs are brilliant (laughs) Um, to ride with at night. Uh, Anyway, um, now, LED legality. Now, there's a bit of an issue with this. Um, Originally, LEDs fitted in standard reflectors didn't work. The LED was too big and uh, the reflectors are designed for a tiny little filament. LEDs um, looked bright, but they wouldn't focus properly, and so they wisely made them illegal. However, the new technologies mean the new LEDs are tiny, long thin things that matches the shape of the filament, so you can put them in and they do work correctly. But, of course, now they're illegal. So you shouldn't do this for a bike to be ridden on the road, OK? So my bike isn't ridden on the road, OK? Just that quiet. Um, Don't tell anyone. Um, Okay, even if it works really well, um, I also upgraded my additional positioning lights. Now, this is another legal thing with adding lights to a bike. Apparently, they don't want you to be seen on the road. It's all about safety. Keep you invisible. So you're allowed to put positioning lights on a bike. Um, Certain colours, they have to switch on with the headlight. You have to be able to switch them off independently, etc., and uh, I actually modified mine so that uh, I can have them come on with full beam only or with the headlight. One of the neat things about a police bike is it has stealth mode on the lighting and you can turn them all off. So nobody can chase you at night. Not that I would ever need that. Uh, little things. Um, all the usual stuff. Checking steering head bearings, brakes, all fluids, clutch, shaft, gearbox, diff, etc. All given a once over. Rear pads. Two new tyres, one for the front, and um, I forget where the other went. Um, Also fitted a PowerPoint for GPS, ran mount for the phone, Oxford heated grips. There's Quite a bit of work went into this. Finally took it in for a warrant of fitness and told them what I had planned and asked them to go hard and offered to pay extra if they'd spend more time on the bike. I figured that was better than being broken down on the side of the road. Next, I downloaded most of the North Island Google Maps to my phone so it would work even when out of cell phone coverage, as the ride planners seem to take great delight in sending us off to parts unknown and remote. I also had an old car GPS that worked surprisingly well on the bike, although it has none of the features designed for a bike like being waterproof. Shouldn't be an issue. (laughs) Uh, Now, for comparison purposes, Richard brought a much newer bike than me to do the ride, a Honda ST1300 and did all the prep I did, plus added the highly recommended but expensive bike GPS. One of the key differences between Richard and I is I'm married and have limited funds of motorcycle pleasure. Richard has no such restrictions. Okay, expectation. Richard and um, and I try to keep up. I don't want to let him down. Richard's been riding since he was knee-high to a traffic cop and is one of the best riders I've ever ridden with. I'm very much aware it'll be me that may well end up being the limiting effect in this endeavour. So we ride up from Wellington at about 8am with a plan to be in Turangi as early as possible. So if there's any uh, issues with the bike scrutineering, we can hopefully have time to fix it. There are no issues, so we go to bed to try and get some rest. Then back to the big reveal that night, because you don't actually know where you're going until the night before. After going to bed and only getting a few hours sleep, it was opportunity again to watch and support the guys doing the 800 and then the long wait for our start at 1,300. Still no sleep or nap, just too wound up. At 13.06, we're off. They send us off in small groups of two or three rather than all 49 starters at once. At 13.21, Richard's GPS failed. To be fair, he'd only just got it, and it was a complicated bit of kit to learn how to use. I'm not suggesting (coughs) operator error. Um, One last thing. Fortunately, once I had the list of checkpoints, I had set each one as a favourite place in my Google Maps on my phone. This turned out to be a total bit of genius as we ended up doing almost the entire ride off my phone. And so into the lead I went. I cracked that throttle open and rode the first few checkpoints And on to the first man one at Bombay. Refuel with an average speed of... Under the statement. Uh, Coromandel ranges tick. All nice, slow, boring crawl through the traffic. On to Tauranga tick. Nightfall. Mm -hmm. Refuel and onto to Tikawiti. 10 o'clock at night. Start of the rain. Five minutes out. First rest stop. And now with heavy rain, I'm putting my phone and GPS away. And we'll have to navigate the checkpoints and stops for memory. Oh, you <clears throat> can't say that on the radio. <clears throat> into the rain, heavy rain, real heavy rain, down to 60, down to 50, down to 40 k's now, down to 30, and just slipping and sliding on a dark, wet road. It's not scary, but I'm not really happy about it. We come into Kaukau, and I'm doing the maths, and I realise... Unless we get a break in this weather, we're in trouble. We're just not going to finish in time. I tell Richard, I I know he won't be happy. He doesn't answer. I suggest we stop in Taupo and look at the weather map. It looks like it will clear midway to Napier. I know the the Napier-Taupo road quite well, so I know the first part will be excellent, quality seal and straight, but we'll most likely have police and speed cameras even in the middle of the night. And I was right too, but the heavy rain was still going, so we were only moving slowly. By the time we got to the middle, which was tight and twisty with some nasty patches of seal, the rain should have stopped. Take it easy and push on. It still doesn't clear. We roll into Napier at 2am. I'm tired and soaked. It was a tough, hard ride from Tikawiti to Napier in pitch black. Heavy rain all the way. Richard's genuinely very happy and excited to have ridden in such a challenging ride and done it. Still dry in his new wet weather gear. Me, not so much. I strip off my saturated clothing. My waterproof gloves, however, had worked perfectly. Not one drop had leaked out of them. We were asked by another rider, Johnny from Taronga Ulysses, if he could join us as his GPS had failed. Another 100 k south and the we'll socket for the Tangata pub. And it finally stopped raining. I'm able to get my phone out again. My visor pinlock had failed. Riding there blind, take the inner pinlock off the visor, I can't get my helmet done up. With all the layers of sodden clothing on, I can't lift my arms and my fingers have lost all feeling. So, like a little kid, I had to ask Richard to help me with my helmet. Um, we ride till dawn and a checkpoint at Shannon with Richard taking the lead over the parkour track. I tell the others I need a drink and a, uh, and a break. Everyone agrees. So, Bulls, McDonald's, and time for a rest. On to tie Happy. Last man checkpoint and only 300 k's to go. Four and a half hours to get it done. A forgotten highway. The road is bad. Slips, potholes, you name it. Not sure how far the checkpoint is. Um, as the ride guide was from Wanganui, Not quite happy, but late road closures and forced a change. My phone's playing up after being soaked. Um, we decide to ride on, stuff it, and hoping we haven't ridden past it. Found it one to go and home and we missed it I'm now low on fuel I pop up from reserve cans and push on but on the narrow road we caught up to a New Zealand army tank personnel carrier thing and he was going for it but on a narrow road we couldn't get past Richard nearly gets run off the road trying to anyway we're past him and the last checkpoint we look at our finish line Google has us one hour and 38 minutes from finish We've only got one hour and 20 minutes to do it in. Time to ride and ride hard. We might not see, but we've got to push on. Good thing Google Maps is super generous on the time, though. I see Richard dropping back further and further, and uh, I get worried. Finally nearing the end of a long straight, I can't see him at all. Our comms had failed early in the hours of the morning, so I stop and wait for him. There's nowhere to safely stop. So I turn down a side road thinking, you turn and wait on the side of the road. This was nearly my undoing. It's once on the side road, I couldn't turn around. I nearly dropped the bike, and I now know I'm feeling the effects of tiredness. I slowly make it back to the main road, but now I don't know if Richard's passed me or was still coming. I'm feeling a bit confused and tired. I wait a few minutes and think, I really need to get going, or I'm going to finish miss the finish. Only 15 k's to go. 12.45, 15 minutes to go, and I'm the 21st rider out of 49 Finish and the last Richard's there waiting for me, wondering what had happened. So we ended up doing 1,690 kilometres in 23 hours and 45 minutes. The bike never missed a beat, and I know I never would have done it without Richard. Yes, yeah, sorry. As a first timer, I'm very proud of myself. Apparently, very few first timers ever finish first time out. And given the conditions with the heavy rain for a good chunk of the ride, it's no wonder half the field pulled out. Prologue, we rode to Wellington earlier the next day, but my ears are burning. they have been folded over and crushed the night before when we'd stopped at the Tang of the pub, and I hadn't realised until too late. Now, wearing the helmet is hell. They're actually believing. Richard knows some stuff about women used to take pain away from sore high heels. I didn't ask him how he knows. Anyway, it works a bit, and I get home by lunchtime. Total distance for the weekend was 2,500 kilometres and the bike never missed the beat, even in the rain. A few mm. weeks later, a speeding ticket, don't know how that happened, arrived in the mail. 61 kilometres in the 50k zone. Cameras in the middle of nowhere. And while I had slowed down from 100, obviously I didn't slow down quick enough. i started it, it, more words not found in the Bible. A few weeks later, I'm out practising emergency stops and blow our front fork seals. If I was lucky that didn't happen on the ride. Would I do it again with Richard? Definitely, but less rain, please. Advice I'd offer, um, ride with a good mate who can really ride well. No need for speed, but must be good in the dark and the wet. Be prepared, good riding gear, layers, lots of layers. Bike maintenance is an absolute must. My old girl is not pretty, but she's mechanically she's a, a good bike with low Ks and in top order. In uh, most of the long distance rides I do, it's actually the oldest bike on the ride. Um, if you can, flip up the helmet saves time at fuel stops, means you can sit, drink, and food quickly rather than taking your helmet off. It turns a five minute stop into a one minute stop. Fuel card, prepay your fuel, uh, be ready for lots of little things, to be big things. On our ride, we had a GPS fail, a phone navigation fail, GPS tracking fail. Communication system failed, wet weather gear let me down. Um, I didn't have my helmet on and crushed my ears, both of which ended up bleeding and very painful. Um, My feet hurt, my back hurt, and oh God, did my butt hurt. But we had fun and we're better mates than ever. Achieved a difficult result and a worthy goal. Time to try it next year and that is the end of that ride.
0: What can I say about that other than I was on the edge of my seat the whole way? That was an epic story, and it all sounded like an awesome ride, and very well written. Thanks very much for sharing that with us, Michael. Oh, you're very kind, right? Very kind indeed. I've got a... So, question on that. Did you do it again? Um, I did. Uh, well, we did. Uh, we've actually done a few. Um, the following year, we did the
1: 800 together. Uh, we've done four 1KCs, which is 1,000 Ks in a day. And um, and then last year we did the 1,600 again, and um, I haven't written the full story of that one, um, but we didn't make it. Um, I led the ride. We went from Wellington up around Cape through to Tauranga, down to Tikawiti, had a very brief stop, and I should have stopped for longer in Eaton, and I didn't. And um, heading out to um, New Plymouth, it was in the pre-dawn light, and I was looking ahead as it came out of a corner, and the road seemed to split in two, and I knew I was in trouble. And I slowed down, and I was thinking, it's nearly dawn, it's nearly dawn. When it gets to to first light, we'll stop at the first place we can get food, and I'll be okay if I can just push on. And um, I kept going, and uh, it was okay-ish. And then I came round the corner and there was an elephant and a giraffe crossing the road. And I knew I was stuck. I just pulled on the plate, pulled over, got off the bike and, and tried very hard not to cry in front of Richard because I knew I was through. And that was the end of that ride. So we um, we had a little break, uh, had a drink from the bike and then um, pushed on to a cafe and slept on a park bench for a couple of hours, um, had a good breakfast and then stopped at a mate's place and slept on their couch for a few more hours before riding home. So I did about three thousand Ks in 27 hours or something, but of course that doesn't count as the 1,600 because it was more than 24 hours.
0: Fair enough. So if there's any listeners that are interested in uh, you know these Iron Butts, these massive K rides, where can they find out more information?
1: Um, well, there's actually a Facebook group, and there's also a, um, a website, uh, New Zealand Distance Riders, So if you uh, go into Facebook and go NZ Distance Riders, you will be sure to find it. And uh, the um, entries for this year's 1600 and 800 have just opened last weekend. And um, there's a whole variety of rides you can do. There's the North Island Loop, the South Island Loop. There's the one that includes the Cook Strait. There's a 2,000k ride over 48 hours, which is actually easier than the 1600. And um, and then, of course, um, if you're just insane, um, you can go off and do your own rides. So, uh, weekend before last, <coughs> I did uh, 2,000 Ks uh, with Richard. We went to Wanaka from Wellington, over to the Brass Monkey, um, where I froze to death, even though all the regulars told me it was actually quite warm, and, um, and then rode home with a bad head cold, sneezing into my comms all the way home, just for Richard's pleasure.
0: <laughs> oh lovely well Michael Shields with the epic story and you, you you're definitely um, you're a harder writer than me being able to do K's like that in 24 hours thank you very much for sharing the story with us Hey, no worries, right? Uh, so, Michael, there's a couple of things that you're involved in that you want to um, you want to give a plug, want to want to shout out to on the podcast. Um, the first, I think, we covered uh, actually a few months ago. Uh, Wellington area road skills wars. Yes, yeah, it's um, I've been a mentor with that for about three years now. Uh, it's been running for quite a few years.
1: Um, we're all about road safety and about um, promoting better riding and rider skills. So. Uh, We've got about 500 members now and uh, what we do is we have an organised ride that we talk about road safety or some rider skill. Go for the ride and then, you know, how did you find that? Did you able to implement what we were talking about? Did it make you feel safer and better on the road? Um, So that's a a volunteer thing that we do. It's free of charge. Um, ACC and and the uh, Hutt Council give us a bit of sponsorship to help pay for the mentor training so we get trained to be mentors. Um, So, yeah, if you're in the Wellington region and you're a learner rider or a returning rider, there's a lot of returning riders, you know, they've uh, been off their bikes for 10, 20 years, they get a big, powerful machine like they've never had before, and then they go and crash them. So... um, Come along to a Wars ride, and we'll hopefully remind you and refresh those skills that you once had.
0: And if you want to know a little bit more about Wars, uh, listen to episode nine of Kiwi Rider Podcast, released on the fourth of March. Uh, just search Kiwi Rider Podcast into Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast player you're listening to us on now, or Spotify even, and go to 2021 episode nine.
1: What was the other thing, Michael? Yep, um, and the other thing is uh, just starting up. Uh, very uh, last few weeks is the um, Motorcycle Collective. And uh, again, it's a volunteer organisation and uh, this is a focus on uh, men's mental health. So we've uh, got a bit of sponsorship from the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride and we're setting up here in Wellington, but we'd like to see it get uh, nationwide um, and basically using motorcycles as a forum um, for men getting together and having fun and doing what you know men on motorbikes like to do. Regardless of brand or type of writing, and um, but having a focus on mental health and putting people in touch with with uh, the right kind of help um, should they require it, because you know everybody knows when you've got your head in a bad place. Sometimes it takes more than half a tank to get it right.
0: Outstanding. Hey, thanks very much for sharing that with us, Michael. Hey,
1: no worries, Ray. You have a good evening, mate.
0: And there you go, thanks very much Michael for sharing your story with us, if you've got a story, I know you do because everyone's got one, I'd love to have a chat with you, Uh, you can email me podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or you can get in touch on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Uh, love to hear from you, no one no one has a story that's not worth listening to so get in touch let's share your story Uh, it could be as simple as a bike you bought uh you're brand new to riding you've been riding 50 years whatever it might be love to hear from you uh this is kiwi rider podcast i'm ray here and thanks very much for joining me keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time